The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Now, let me start, though, with my first guest ever. Marina, you're my first guest. Wonderful. <laughs> you're welcome. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. So Marina Lynch, a very famous neuroscientist. Uh, I'd say this. She's actually Ireland's most successful female neuroscientist. Did you know that, Marina? Based on citations, which is a great achievement. So it's great to have her here. And of course, I, I wanted to be my first guest because we're going to talk about Alzheimer's disease and the big news this week. We're turning a corner, Marina, right on this uh, wonderful news on this brand new drug for Alzheimer's. So uh, what do you make of it as an Alzheimer's expert? Well, it's great news because it's the first time ever that there's been a drug or an immunotherapy in this case that alters the course of the disease. So uh, what we found out during the week was that people in early Alzheimer's are uh, when they get this drug, they progress less fa- less quickly than the people that don't get the drug. And there's a big difference. It's about 35 percent. Uh, reduction in the progression of the disease and that's really good news. Right, and you've worked on this for, I won't say how long, but... Um, yes, yeah, a long time. Well, you're, you're, and you've published many great papers, by the way, so some of your research, I'm sure, contributed to this field, but you must be thrilled, are you, because it's coming good, isn't it? In a sense? Well, of course it is, because it's a very long time since uh, people first realised that there was a protein that went astray in Alzheimer's and it's this very protein that's now been targeted by this drug and, you know, hopefully what we'll see is progression fa- at a faster pace and better drugs and better able to deal with this yep. progression. But especially maybe in older people, uh, in, uh, people that are more advanced right now, we have to always remember that this drug is only useful in people at the very early stages of the disease. So we can't stop here. Right, yeah. And I think there was something like a 47% slowing down, wasn't there, in, in the earliest diagnosed yes. people. So you got to get in early, seems to yes. be the key message, doesn't it? So what, what the people who uh, reported on this told us was that when you split those with very, very early Alzheimer's from those with early but later stage, then what you can see is this 47% um, decrease in progression, which is fantastic. Yeah. But overall, the... the uh, progression was reduced by 35% and that's brilliant. Anyway, give yeah. us a bit an idea. What, what's going on in Alzheimer's? I mean, what do we know about the disease yeah. and, and well, the nature of it? Yeah, well, first thing to know is that probably the symptoms don't become evident until 10 plus years after things begin to get to go wrong. Um, but the, the, uh, what we know is that we have an accumulation of this protein. It's a little protein, um, but so we might call it a peptide and it's called amyloid beta. And what has been happening in the last maybe five or so years um, at a very fast pace, but beginning in 1999, believe it or not, were uh, these drugs or antibodies that targeted the protein. Because the idea was if you could attach an antibody to the protein, then you're going to prevent it from sticking to other like proteins and you'll reduce the opportunity for plaques to form. So that's what the whole process is about. Stop those plaques and you'll have a much, much healthier brain. Right. And it was controversial, this amyloid beta hypothesis, wasn't it? Many people didn't believe in it, am I right? And there was always controversies. Exactly. These results confirm it, I suppose, that that this is a big part of the disease. Yeah. What they do is they confirm that this amyloid plays a part in the disease. What's what's likely is that it isn't the thing that stimulates the disease. There are probably other things that stimulate this amyloid to behave badly first. 
And so one of the things that we have to do is start tackling those very, very early changes so that we can prevent this amyloid from going askew. Right. And it's going to be about testing, isn't it? Because obviously you've got to spot the patients and image them and all that kind of thing. So that's an important development as part of the story as well. That's exactly it. So, I mean, hopefully one day we'll be able to screen people and we'll be able to identify the disease at a very, very early stage. As it is, things have progressed hugely in the last while and there are good diagnostic tests now, but it's still a point at which people start having symptoms like memory loss and so on. So we have to get earlier than that to make much good. And there's progress there, isn't there, as well? There are new tests being devised the whole time, aren't there? Absolutely. (laughs) And in fact, in January this year, there was a blood test, a report of a blood test that was very telling. So again, it's a test that's only useful when pathology is to a degree advanced. But there are possibilities with a fingerprint test, a fingerprint <laughs> test, sorry, that was recently discovered that maybe we can can identify changes that occurred before that. And what, what is that fingerprint test? What, what are they doing there? Because well, obviously, they, how, how do you take a blood sample and then you're trying to figure out what's going on in the brain? So it seems un, unusual, doesn't it? Yeah, well, you see, the thing about it is that when, when um, for example, um, neurons, they're the nerve cells in the brain, break down. Little proteins are produced and they're cleared from the brain and they appear in the blood. And so what this this fingerprint prick test does is identifies a little protein that is a, a part of the nerve cell that has broken away from a, maybe a damaged nerve cell and the same for another cell, which we won't bother talking about. But the possibility is that this will be an earlier sign of the disease than the tests that are currently available. Right. Now, there are concerns aren't there? because there are side effects, right? Yeah. And this brain swelling, they seem to spot it in a certain percent of patients, yeah. haven't they? So how much of a concern is that, do you think? Um, well, we don't know is the answer. So they, they, what has happened is that people have been, um, MRI has been done on the people during this trial. And what they've discovered is little bleeds and little areas of edema. Now, in a, the vast majority of cases, they're asymptomatic. So it wouldn't have been picked up unless they had undergone this MRI. We really don't know what the consequences of these changes are, but what you can be sure about is that it's not good to have a bleed on the brain of any sort. And so it's, it is quite important that people, when they eventually get onto this drug, are screened. Right, for that. Yeah. For that. And does that mean if you have the brain bleed, you'll be taken off the drug? Is that yes. right? That'll be the case. Really. And, yeah. and what we think at the moment from the results of the trial is that if you do take a person off, once they start showing these signs, then there are very few consequences of the uh, bleed or the oedema. That's right. what seems to be the case. And what I like is there's another drug as well, isn't there? Targeting beta amyloid as well. Yeah. You know, drug company Esai had that drug and that yeah. showed similar exactly. sort of so effects. Th- that was a great sign. In my view, as a scientist, you would agree if you see things done more than once, it's reassuring, isn't it? So there's exactly. two, two separate companies now with, with the same target with different drugs exactly. are showing benefits. And that must give us even more confidence, mustn't it? The whole exactly. Thing. And what's more, when wh- we know from the past five years that there have been failed trials failed trials with antibodies as well. Uh, but we know that these two drugs, the one that's just been donanumab and lacunamab, which just were, were we were learned about this month or week, um, these target the exact same bit of the um, am- amyloid protein. So we know that targeting other bits of the protein is useless. 
because right. all of those drugs have failed yeah. in trials. But the ones that are targeting this particular little part of the protein are the ones that work. Right. So we can, you know, take great comfort from that, I think. Yeah, and as you know, going beyond Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, motor neuron disease, there's talk now of hope there as well, isn't there? Because in other words, you know, we've got Alzheimer's on the run, kind of, and the similarities, isn't there? Would you be optimistic about other diseases like that and, and how might we see progress there? Well, I think the first big news story is that immunotherapies like this can work in other diseases. And once you, once you have a target protein, the job is to prepare an antibody that will work with that other protein, not amyloid, but the protein in question in the other disease. Right, and it's alpha-synuclein. So you may know this, though. Alpha-synuclein in Parkinson's, isn't it? Yeah, so there's that's trials right. running now yeah. to try and clear that one from the brain. And then exactly. you see an effect in Parkinson's. Exactly. And I guess TDP43 in motor neuron disease. Precisely. It? So I'm reading a lot of optimism around those diseases as well. But exactly. you would you be equally I would. And yeah. the other thing is that they, these diseases all share another thing in common. They share this, this uh, cell that, becomes inflammatory. It becomes a little bit rogue and antibodies to try and calm the inflammation that's associated with uh, this cell are on on the go as well. And these could very well be applied way beyond just Alzheimer's disease, but many other diseases, too. That's the hope. Yeah, that's the real hope, isn't it? Yes. And as you were discussing earlier, people can do things to stave off Alzheimer's, right? Yes. Our our, our sort of our behaviour and our diet and various things like that. If you keep an eye on that, you can decrease the chance of Alzheimer's uh, emerging. Which ones would you you highlight most of all? Well, we believe that the risk can be reduced by about 40%. And one of the most interesting things is that it was discovered that if a person becomes deafer in middle age, that you can probably reduce your risk of Alzheimer's disease by 8% by dealing with it. In other words, getting a hearing yeah, aid yeah, and yeah. using it. But earlier than that, education. So it's, it's, it's estimated that if you, can, uh, uh, if you can increase your education and continue to do so, that you'll reduce your risk of Alzheimer's by 5 to 7%. It's amazing, isn't it, really? You were saying to me, playing the piano is a marvellous uh, yeah. thing to do. It keeps your brain going. Exactly, basically. because yeah. when you learn something new, and especially the piano, where you need to look, look where you need to hear, where you need to move. All of those things are all processed by a part of the brain called the thalamus. The thalamus is really, really busy. And what you've got to do is stretch the thalamus and that will help. Right. Yeah. A, few, a lot of questions coming in. I mean, it's great, isn't it? People are very interested in this one, obviously. You know, does it have an impact on Parkinson's? No, but there may be a drug for Parkinson's, exactly. I guess, is the answer there, you know. And then does it show up in a blood test? We've just said yes to that one, which is great, you know. Uh, so there's all these, it's a very common disease, isn't it, by the way? Lots it of people is. have it. 65,000 65, people in Ireland, 6 million plus in the US. Right. Yeah. Incredible, isn't it? A yeah. huge burden on everybody, isn't it? Huge. Both health, health, you know, carers and... Financially. Now, what about the price of this drug, by the way? That's the other question that's come in. Um, well, they estimate $25,000 in the US for the drug itself. Right. But what people have to remember is that in order to get the drug, you've got to go into hospital because it's infused. So that's a visit to a hospital, care professionals to take care of you. And of course, you've had to have you have to have regular MRIs to make sure that any abnormalities are picked up very early. Right. Now, the big question I, I've got on this, because I spoke about it when the data was first released at a conference, wasn't it, about yes. back in May? And that is the big publication yes. and we can see it all. When can people get the drug? Because obviously there's people listening this morning, I'll bet you with relatives and so on. Yeah. So what's the vista in terms of making the drug available in Ireland? 
Well, the first step is to get it approved by the European Medicine Agency, Medicines Agency and they've received all the documentation. It's hoped that they will approve it by the end of this year or early next year. And after that, then it's down to every jurisdiction to assess the health benefit. So obviously it comes down to a health economics question. And um, so it's very unlikely to be available for two years, maybe if we're very lucky, there might be people on this drug in two to three years. Brilliant, yes. It's a real, real hopeful sign Oh, for very patients. much so. And me, lastly, I've got to add, you said this to me, how many trials are running in Alzheimer's at the moment? Um, there are something like 250 trials at the moment and there are 140 plus agents being investigated. Isn't that incredible? Great, terrific. So real news. grounds for optimism. Absolutely. So, thanks, Marina. Thanks ever so much okay, for being thank my you very first much. guest. That was, that was a great uh, thank chat. Thank you, Lou. Thanks very much indeed. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.